You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. everybody and welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i'm your host brent thomas thank you guys for being here i uh, love to hear from you guys and love uh that we're meeting more and more listeners out there you guys are fantastic and thank you to all of you out there who are spreading the word it's been really incredible the way the show has been growing and growing we we uh have just been expanding and, and it's so much fun and it's a real honor to do these shows for you guys so i hope more and more of you will continue to find us but uh, if you have experiences of your very own, please email me at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, I'd love to have a chance to talk to you about what you've seen and been through. So email me again, paranormalportalradio at gmail.com, and we'll get this dialed in and get you on the show as well. So great show lined up for you guys today, guys. We got John from Missouri joining us, and uh, he's got some pretty incredible things he's experienced, including a UFO uh, report and some other paranormal stuff. So it's going to be a great discussion. So I hope you guys are all ready because it's time for the show. Welcome to the show, John. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's really wonderful for you to uh, take the time to talk with me, first of all. I think it's it's a real honor. It always is an honor when I get a chance to um, talk to people about their experiences. And, and, the, and I think, you know, for honest to God, for me, it's like, it's such a, it's an honor because people are putting a lot of trust in me because these experiences are really you know close to their hearts and and have really impacted their lives and so I'm, I'm always really floored by that trust so and you again are the same uh trusting me with your story is just awesome so thank you for that well done 
uh, I admire and respect the, the way you handle all this. So again, oh. <laughs> I appreciate the chance to do this. Oh, thank you, brother. So I, I guess probably with any story, it's probably, first of all, I, I just want to go way, way back. Um, before you had any experiences, did you, did you have an open mind for the paranormal and, and were you open to that or were you a, a complete skeptic prior to this? Where did you start? Um, so yes, we'd go way back to, um, I, as a child, I, uh, always had got interest in, in Bigfoot, although I've never had any kind of experience in that manner, but certainly that's where it started for me. And, uh, so that opened up my mind to what else could there be, you know, right. ghosts and, um, and then I think the universe is too big for there not to be right. just logic, I yeah. think would tell you that. Yep. No, that I there has that. to be something else. Absolutely. And I, I respect that a lot. I think that that for me was, was pretty much where I started too. I didn't, I didn't have a childhood childhood full of experiences, but I had an open mind for there being, um, you know, anything is possible. And I think that life has definitely shown me that that's the case too. So very cool. So when was your first experience and what was that? Uh, so my first experience was a, a UFO um, and that was in 2004 and you know, that's in outside of one other thing, that's really the only experience I've had, but it was just one day in 2004 and, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't had anything like that since or seen anything like that since, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 2004, sorry. Oh, and that... <laughs> That's that's probably one is enough in in, in many cases, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, are you out there actively looking now, or or right, it, yeah, it's so yeah, you see something like that, and then I think um, I, you know I look for it every time. My wife makes fun of me because every time I walk outside, I'm I'm looking up or trying to see something else. I haven't seen anything else since, <laughs> but uh, I'm always looking. Well, I, I respect that because I, I do too. I, I can't say that I'm out there with my eyes peeled to the sky all the time, but I'm always looking. I'm always glancing around like, is there something there now? But uh, walk, right. us, walk us through that experience, if you would, please. Well, sure. Um, so I, as I said, it was uh, it was summer of 2004. It had to be June or July because it, it was hot. Um, so I, uh, I was working for a police department in Missouri um, so there's, I was out, I worked for a smaller department outside of a major city, but I say smaller department. It was still a city of about 115,000. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did, when I worked for the police department, I did three years in patrol, which is patrol is just everyday calls, you know, answering everyday calls. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to the traffic unit, which I had a big interest in, into an accident investigation. And uh, I did that for, I want to say, a year. And then I was lucky enough to move on to the uh, wheel unit, which is the motorcycle unit. Mm -hmm. And I did during my remaining years till 2009 um, on the motorcycle. So motorcycle unit's pretty cool. We get to do a lot of... Uh, a lot of neat things from <laughs> uh, I got to escort the president 
wow. uh, during the campaign year. Uh, but we could do a lot of special events, you know, any kind of celebrities that come through or mm-hmm. do a lot of neat stuff on the motorcycle unit. So oh, cool. I felt lucky, you know, to, to get to that point and, and that's where my experience happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to go back to it, um, it was, like I said, it was 2004 in the summer. Um, we, we usually ride in pairs, but my partner that day had made an arrest. And so therefore he went um, to the station to do that. Mm-hmm. I decided while he was doing that, I was going to go to a, um, a subdivision and run radar. Um, and the subdivision I went to was actually pretty much in the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I pull into the subdivision and uh, the, I pull onto a side street and I'm si- it's like I said, it's hot. So I'm sitting under a tree and find a shady spot. And if a car comes by, it's only 25 miles an hour. We would usually step out, stop the car and, you know, write the ticket if that's what we needed to do. Sure. But I pulled onto a side street. The side street was running east and west and across the street. Um, I had I had a houses on the north side and the south side of the side street that I was on. Mm -hmm. And then across the street, there's houses running north and south. So as I'm sitting there, I um, just kind of looking around. And for whatever reason, I looked up and about above this house, I thought, you know, maybe two or 300 feet. I thought what I saw was a, uh, a child's balloon, just like a, you know, a normal kid's balloon, Uh something you get the store string on it, helium, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I looked at it and I thought, well, you know, here pretty soon I'm going to hear a kid crying, you know, that he lost his balloon or whatever. Cause there's no, there was, there was no wind that day. Perfect blue skies. Wow. Um, you know, two in the afternoon maybe. So anyways, like I said, that's what I thought I saw. I didn't give it much thought, you know, looked away, continued to run radar, sat there and ran radar another, I don't know, two to five minutes. And then I looked back to where I'd seen the balloon and it hadn't moved. I mean, it was sitting exactly where I had seen it. I thought, well, that's weird. You know, it should have, it should have moved. Right. Should have gone away. So now I'm starting to look at it a little closer and and I'm trying to figure it out. And so as I'm looking closer, I'm like, you know what? I said, I don't think that's what I'm looking at here. I don't know what I'm looking at. But I think that's much higher in the sky, right? And much bigger, because uh-huh. it's you know with kind of the force perspective, it's hard to gauge something with just a blue sky behind it, right? You know where it's at. Man, I think that's that's weird. <laughs> yeah. So um, I continue to uh, to watch it, and um, I mean it's so strange what I'm looking at. Um, that I, I mean, I just, I can't figure it out. And I thought it was so strange. I thought, okay, well, I'm going to call the district officer cities was divided in half. And then on each side of that half, there was seven or eight districts on the South side of town. So I tried to call the district officer for the area I was in. He of course wasn't available or didn't answer the radio actually. Okay. And then I, um, I called dispatch and I said, you know, Hey, do we have any available unit that can come meet me? And right. I didn't say what for <laughs> I said, can you come meet me? 
and that happens all the time. Oh, okay. And to, you know, to meet meet up with each other. And she said, "No, there's nobody available." I'm like, "Well, that kind of figures." Uh-huh. Uh, so I I couldn't get anybody to to come and meet me. And I and I also I also want to preface it this that like at that time I was going through my um, my private pipe private pilot's license. I was only about 20 hours away from getting that. I've always had a, a uh, an interest in aviation, mm-hmm. you know, to the point that I want to learn to fly. Oh, cool. Um, you know, so I, I know aircraft to to some extent, and I know what I'm looking at. Right. It's nothing that, I, that I've seen. There's no sound. There's no visible means of propulsion. Uh-huh. It's not moving. So it has to have some degree of staying where it's at. You know, this is 2004. There's no drones are on nobody's radar at that point, really. Right. Um, so, again, I, like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Right. And where I was in, where I was at in the city, my, uh, my best friend at the time, he literally lived two blocks from where I was at. And I call him and try to, he's not working, but I, uh, he was a police officer too. And I called him or tried to call him, you know, no answer. <laughs> it, it just doesn't like everything I availed to do. Yeah. It's like, please, you know, I was to the point of stopping a car. <laughs> right. I didn't. And saying, you know, hey, do you see what I'm seeing here? Right. And, uh, so anyways, um, I can't get a hold of anybody. I can't get you know, anybody to see this thing, uh, I continue to watch it for maybe it was a while, like five to 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as I'm watching it, it actually got, it probably descended in altitude cause it got bigger, maybe by a thousand feet. Okay. Um, it, it, like I said, it got bigger in size and started to, to change color. Oh. So it went from and, and it looks like a balloon, like I said, a kid's balloon or upside down pear, right? However you want to visualize that, uh, but it starts to change color and it goes from white to this kind of orange to uh, excuse me to a burnt orange, uh-huh. and then eventually turns bright red. And again, it's just sitting there, sits there for about another five minutes. You know, I I just continue to watch it. I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, it slowly starts to ascend again, go up again about to the previous altitude, maybe, um, you know, I'm estimating 3000 feet. Okay. Um, and then it, again, with no, as it's doing these motions very slowly, of course, but there's no sound again, no propulsion, nothing. Uh, and then I, I watched it slowly travel. Uh, it did start to move slowly travel to the North Mm -hmm. and go out of sight. And, uh, to this day, you know, I regret not following it. I didn't, (laughs) uh, you know, at that time after going through not being able to get a hold of anybody and then being the, police officer who saw a UFO, you know, and the ridicule or the teasing or the sure whatever, you know, might come along with that. But uh yeah, I didn't follow it and I should have. I think about it more often than I should that it I should have followed and, you know, tried to figure out what was going on with it. But I didn't. 
that it's powerful though. I mean, because whenever you see something like that, at what point did it kind of dawn on you? Like, was it when it was getting bigger and changing colors that you finally went, "Oh, that's not a balloon." Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, was that about the point where you thought this is a UFO? I'm seeing a UFO. Right. Yeah. When when I looked up, when I saw it, and then looked away for a while, and then came back to it, mm-hmm. and it hadn't moved. I mean, it was just it was just sitting there. And you know, if it's if, even if it's a drone, a balloon, a hot you know, people oh, it's a hot air balloon. No, no, no. You know, I know what all those things look like. Right. And, and those things, it didn't change the. You know, it, there wasn't much wind that day, but there were in, I don't know what the winds were at, the, at those altitudes, but it would have influenced it to some degree. It had to have some, some means of promotion, propulsion to stay where it was at. Right. And, and it, yeah. So that's when I realized I'm looking at something that I don't know what it is and I can't explain it. That's powerful though. That's very powerful. And, and, you know, in, in those cases, I, I it was daytime, so it's a little bit different. I think it, I think at nighttime it always feels like it's more imposing and and more risky because it, you know of course every report is oh at night I was in my bed and boom something happened. But the daytime sightings seem like these anomalous objects in the sky and you know people see them. It just seems for some reason to me it just feels safer in the daytime. But you know pursuing that and pushing that and. You know what? What would have been the next conclusion? Would it have? Would it have finally realized? Hey, this guy's following us. Let's go check him out. You know, I mean, there's the whole right. unknown. What happens if you do pursue it? And and it's the whole not knowing thing. I think that's for me. That was my hard part. It's like I don't know what's in there. When I saw a UFO, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know who's driving, and I don't know if they like people or not, or, you know, it's, I don't know anything. So I was just like, this is real enough. It's, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm done. Um, was that kind of how you felt as well? Yeah, that yeah, that's exactly right. It's just like, you know, and I and I remember, you know, however long it's been now, sitting there thinking, it's like, nope. Like, that's good enough for me. I, I don't need <laughs> any other any other part of this. Yeah, you know, and that was after trying to get someone to come see this thing with me. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure that's all coincidence, but at the time, it was enough. It was enough to just say, and I like how you said driving. Yeah, like they're driving all of it. Yeah, whatever happens here, they're in control, not me. <laughs> right? Yeah, they're they're floating in some weird ship above our ground, and um, yeah, I don't know. That's just what. What occurs to me is that you know we know, we know nothing other than some pockets of of stories here and there and anecdotes that people share, but we don't know anything about these these beings or people and and I think that that's the part that's it's unnerving you know it's it's completely you know we're completely at a disadvantage because I you know I think if if they are indeed as advanced and and you know f- f- so far ahead of where we are they, you know they hold all the cards and <laughs> that's a weird place right. to be. I mean, yeah. I mean, what's it take for them to get here and the, uh, yeah, and the, the, yeah. the technology they possess and it just, what it, you know, it appears as magic to us. It's so far advanced that it appears as magic. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. I mean, that's almost what it, what it looked like. Yes. That's really, really powerful stuff. And, uh, and that was your one and only, uh, as far as the UFOs are concerned, huh? No? 
it, yeah, it was. And, you know, I said, I, I look all the time and, um, you know, I want to see another one, but it was just one day out of my life, no. you know, for 20 minutes and those 20 minutes, you know, I probably think about it maybe once a day or because, you know, you step outside and I've become such in a habit now of looking up, but right. it's funny how that 20 minutes influences you for, for the rest of your life. And, <laughs> you know, I researched ball lightning. I researched mm-hmm. just trying to figure out some way to explain what I saw. Sure. And I, there's nothing I know of anywhere that would line up with, with what I saw. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey, guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com stores slash paranormal portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in you know your situation is very similar to mine in that uh like you were saying you you wanted people to, to join you in that observation but there was nobody available and for me i was alone up in the mountain uh cabin when that happened and there was nobody to come, and I was I was a stranger in a strange land anyway. But um, you know, and these they're these powerful situations. But I, I don't know. It it almost feels like you know for me, it's almost the crescendo of a lifelong journey of you know is there something really up there? Because I always had an open mind for it, and then of course right. to see it, it was like yeah, well, there's something up there. There's something definitely there. Um, and, and but I really do wish that somebody had been there with me, that could have you know uh, could have shared the experience. Maybe they would remember something that I've forgotten. I you know I don't believe I've forgotten anything about it. But you know I was in this really uh, dazzled state of like, oh my god, you know. And right. it, it also the you know obviously the second thing I was wishing was I wish I could have recorded it. I wish I could have been able to bring that to other people and say, look, this is what I experienced. Here it is. Here's the footage. But, you know, for me, it's unfortunately, uh, there's no way to record it. And it's a personal experience. But I've always been really, um, really thrilled with the fact that I've never had anybody go, oh, you didn't see that. That's not what you've seen. You know, because some people are so desperate to 
unexplain that or, you know, to, to debunk it and to make it not real because that's where they need their lives, you know, their paradigm to be. But, you know, I, I just am really grateful that I had the experience and just to know that, you know, we are definitely not alone. Right. But I haven't, you know, I have been very selective of who I've told the story to. And, you know, I haven't had really anybody try to tell me I didn't see what I saw because they know my background and mm-hmm. um, things of, of that nature. Um, so, I mean, they certainly believe that, you know, what I'm telling them, what I saw is, is what I saw. And, you know, it, it was 2004 and I had a phone. I had a flip phone, if I remember right. And I could have taken a picture of it. I didn't think to at the time, but on the phones on that time, it would have looked like a white dot. <laughs> a potato camera, like they say. Right. It's like it was shot with yeah, a potato. It would have been a blur UFO at best. But, yeah. yeah. No. But uh, you know, I wish I had something. I wish I had cameras of today to help me see you back right. then. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I And I share that. I You know, I wish... I wish that I would have had a different night vision to record it. Now there's so many you can buy nowadays that, you know, you hit a button and it'll record it. But this, the one that I own and the one that I used when it first happened, there's, you know, it's just, you could see and that was it. But yeah, I, I mean, but either way, it's still incredibly powerful and it's still amazing um, to me. And I'm, I, it doesn't, the fact that I can't share, it doesn't diminish my experience but I just wish I could bring that to other people so that they could see it too. Um, how big would you estimate this craft would have been if it would have been up close and personal? That, that's a good question. Um, Cause as I said, I initially thought I was very small mm-hmm. and then I thought, no, it's, it's much bigger um, because you know, and I'm guessing 3000 feet. Oh boy. I, you know, it had to have been, Well, judging on the size that, a, you know, like a Cessna, um, like a single prop plane would be, hmm. I would say it'd have to be four of those put together maybe. So we're talking 40, 40 to 60 feet tall, maybe more than that. It, that's, it's, it was, it's hard to judge, but it, it had to have been you know, 40 to, let's just say 40 to 80 feet in height at least. That's a big craft. Wow. It, yeah. That's it amazing. Was, it wasn't small. Yeah. Have you ever looked through any of the UFO resources online uh, or looked at witness reports and see if anybody else has experienced a similar craft to what you experienced? I, you know, I, I haven't done it a lot. I know like most of the experiences that I've seen for this area are just usually, you know, dots in the sky. A lot of them are night, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, and you know, even though mine was in the day, it was still hard to distinguish mm-hmm. much more than the, the outer shape of it right. and, and the color of it. Sure. You know, whether that's the way it was or that's the way it was supposed to look, I'm not sure, but um, that's the way it appeared. That's really cool. That's, you know, the reason that I ask is because there's a lot of groups out there and I, and I don't know, um, I don't know one offhand to tell you. I don't, I don't know if MUFON carries a catalog of different craft described. I think they do, or I think it's some affiliate group with MUFON that does. But, you know, after I had my experience, I, I, I was made aware of like a poster of different craft that you could look at and I didn't find an exact match. Of course, I saw a flying saucer, so, but I didn't see the exact kind 
depicted on this chart, but I'll tell you the the first time that I heard of somebody seeing uh, what they described was exactly what I what I experienced was in it would think it was in Europe or Russia. Somebody witnessed a wow. saucer craft that had the same split design with the panels of light around the perimeter. But yeah, there's these posters that describe what they are, and, and I didn't find an exact match for mine. But I, I do got I do have to tell you, I think I recall seeing on there some like balloon-shaped or pear-shaped kind of craft. So it might be interesting to see um, if other people have at least witnessed this same kind of craft. You know? Yeah, I'd I'd like to I'd like to look at that. Yeah, like uh, those upside-down pear. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. But really, and I mean, then like the few people that I have mentioned it to, and they're like, "You're sure it wasn't a hot air balloon?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I could not be more sure that it's not an air balloon." You know, and one thing I find really interesting, and I didn't know this, but I, I found out when I was planning on trying to to book a journey myself, just to go up in a hot air balloon. But there's really, really, really specific times when they'll do that. They don't. They don't shoot up hot air balloons all the time, and it's very. No. There's a really, really strict criteria of when that's going to happen, and so, you know, I, I think that you'd almost more likely to see a UFO than a, than a hot air balloon. <laughs> I would agree with you, and and um, I mean, there's several local um, smaller airports around here, but I mean, I see them maybe, yeah, maybe once a year. Mm, yeah. Maybe. Wow. And yeah, I would agree with you. There has to. There is a criteria that follows that. Well, I really appreciate you you sharing that with us. Thank you so much. And uh, you had also mentioned something about uh, a near-death experience. Right. Um, so, again, uh, dealing, with, dealing with police work. And I think if you talk to any police officer who, you know, who, who does it for a while, every, every police officer will have a million stories they could tell and all the things that you see and, um, you know, and experience. So, um, you know, there's a few that, that stick out for me, but yes, uh, certainly outside of the UFO, uh, which was certainly more fun than, than this story. Mm -hmm. Um, but this one happened, uh, this one, I can give you the exact day. This was May, uh, May 12th of 2003. Okay. Uh, that was my five year. It was my five year anniversary at the police department. Um, and I don't remember why, but that particular day, um, I was by myself again, um, running radar, which is like I said, the main thing you do on the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And um, I was sitting down on one of the main highways that run through the city. Um, just like I said, just sitting on the side of the highway, running radar. As I'm sitting there, I saw a um, an older brown Corvette um, drive by me, going westbound. Uh, it was on, I'll say that I was on 40 Highway. Okay. And um, there was a Jeep Cherokee that was with it as well. And you know, at that time, we it, they they were close to where I would pull somebody over for the speed that they were going. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were just under it. And it looked like maybe they were, I don't know, jacking around with each other, for lack of a better word. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, maybe like two kids were driving each car, and maybe whatever they were doing. But it wasn't an, it wasn't blatant enough for me. It's like, hey, I need to go pull them over. Right. So 
uh, they continue going westbound and about, I don't know, four to five seconds later, um, dispatch Bolode, which is be on the lookout for a brown Corvette that had just been stolen from uh, Red Lobster, which oh. was on the next street over. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, <laughs> like, all right, here we go. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. All right, everybody, and we're back, and we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal podcast. Buckle up. We're going in. So I, I take off and uh, as I'm driving down 40 Highway, it eventually leads to I-70. And for most people will probably know that I-70 is a major highway that runs through mm-hmm. most of the Midwest. It's, uh, it's six lanes um, through that city. Okay. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm driving fast, trying to catch up to it. I'm getting on the radio. I'm talking, you know, telling people that I'm trying to catch up to it. Um, you know, uh, other cars are starting to hear me and everybody's kind of starting to move mm-hmm. that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and the motorcycles are driving, they're fast. We've, they've had modifications done to them and okay. whatnot. So I eventually get on, get on to, I see it getting on to I-70 from 40 highway and it's, uh, it's going westbound. So this is, this is about five o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock traffic, mm-hmm. um, traffic every, I mean, lots of cars going in and out or going east and westbound on I-70, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm starting to catch up to it. I've got my lights and sirens on, and I eventually, I eventually catch up to it, and uh, I actually catch up to it uh, right across the street from where Royal Stadium and Arrowhead Stadium for the Chiefs are. Oh, There's an okay. exit you get off, and um, I catch up to the Corvette there, and it and it pulls over. It pulls over underneath that bridge to that exit, mm-hmm. which I thought, I mean, at the time, I'm like, that's odd. You know, if it's a stolen car, they're not going to pull over. Right. So, um, I, but I, you know, you're still obviously on high alert. Your adrenaline's pumping. Right. All of that. So as it pulls over, um, I, I pull in behind it and I've got, I've got some good distance between me and it, but I, I heard the Corvette, the guy that was driving it, like he, he had to have redlined the engine. Like it, it was loud. He, he redlined. I thought, okay, you know, that's weird. Why, why is, uh, excuse me, why is he doing that? Uh-huh. And, um, so I kind of sat on my bike for a second to see, you know, what's going to happen. And, um, he, he actually revved it up again, nothing happened. And then boom, he put it into for a gear again and takes off. Oh. I'm like, okay, now, you know, now we're back on, you know, now I know I've got the right car. I've got the stolen auto, Sure. whatever else. So we, I take off, take off back after it. 
and um, so I got my license sirens back on, and I'm coming in behind it. And thankfully, or you know, coincidentally, you know, all the traffic had kind of backed off of me because because mm. the license sirens. But as I'm coming up, he's accelerating. The Corvette's fast, and the, my bike's fast. And I'm coming up behind it in the middle lane. And as I get, I don't know, five or six, seven car lengths behind it, he locks the brakes up um, directly in front of me. So I see when I, by the time I kind of process what I'm seeing, I see all the smoke roll off the tires. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, he's stopping, you know, I need to stop. So I I apply, uh, and the bike stopped pretty fast, but I apply the brakes pretty hard. But I mean, I see him, he's coming to a dead stop in front of me and I'm, I'm going too fast. Uh-oh. Uh, so I end up hitting the car, hitting the Corvette from behind, maybe going 50 to 60 miles an hour. Um, when I, when I hit the, uh, the rear left bumper of the, of the Corvette and, you know, this is where I think, you know, I mean, we can call it coincidence or I just think there's too many, but uh, you know, I hit it. There's no luck, like luckily or whatever. There's nobody in the left lane mm-hmm. beside me. You know, I can still see those images in my head of I'm being putting my my hand out to st- you know to brace for the impact of right because it's, it's ejected me off my motorcycle. Uh. Um, I remember, you know. Like I said, put my hand down and then skidding across the the pavement. The motor or the Corvette continued on on westbound. I remember as I'm skidding down the the roadway, uh, like I got to get up. Like I got to get out of the roadway. Like a car's gonna hit me, you know, right. a semi, uh, whatever else. So I I even remember trying to stand up while I'm rolling, which is a bad idea, by the way, because it just makes you twist and turn. And yeah, so eventually I do skid to a stop. And like I said, the whole time I'm thinking I got to get up, I got to get up. I'm able to, you know, walk to the edge of the highway. I have, um, there's nobody else with me. No other police officers are there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I have now I have motorists, stopping uh, to help me my motorcycle continued another i think it was 600 and some feet Oof. down the roadway oh my god um uh i had um i mean i'm obviously i'm stunned i yeah i had uh, i had gloves on leather gloves i had a my mom <laughs> when i became a police officer always made me she's like Every day you work, you have to wear your vest. <laughs> so I had my vest on, and I had a helmet on, of course. Okay. And the I had slid so far on my back that it ate through my vest and started to eat into the back of my spine. Oh, geez. Uh, and if the vest hadn't have been there, yeah. the, the, doc, the doctor said it probably would have killed me or oh. severed my but I, I mean, I had slid that far, and it, it ate through the the uh, the company that made the vests actually considered it a uh, a life saving event. Sure. Because I and then um, if I hadn't had gloves on, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my fingers would have been completely tore up, yeah. but I mean, I had burns just, I can't, I don't want to be too graphic, but the, um, the road burns and road rash, you know, down both arms, my back, I had a little, and the helmet just had a tiny little nick out of the back of the helmet. So I barely even, even hit my head. Wow. And uh, I broke my, broke my wrist, broke my elbow. And then my uniform had actually even parts of it had melted into my skin. Oh, Sorry man. to be graphic, no. but I mean, that was the, that was the extent of it. Right. So, you know, and I say this as a, it's kind of a near death experience, but so many things in my opinion had to happen right. to where we're talking yeah. right now, you know, and whether that was some act of fate to, Sure. Push all the traffic back, or right. how I landed, or just that. Perfect, I, you know, I I don't know that perfect you know. synchronicity of events that made it so that you would be okay. I mean, it was right. Obviously, it was no picnic for you, but it could have been so much worse and so easily. So much worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The synchronicity is a good is a good word there. I think. Mm-hmm. And and to go back real quick, you know, I I said that. The, the Corvette had redlined the engine um, under the bridge. Uh-huh. Well, you know, come to find out later through the investigation um, that the, the, uh, the owner of the vehicle said that it was really, really difficult in that car to get the uh, Corvette in reverse. So we kind of deduced that when I had pulled behind him, he, he had there. tried to put it in reverse <laughs> to ram me or ram me from behind, but he couldn't figure out how to get it in reverse. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows what would have happened then. And then, so after he, uh, after I hit him and I'm on the side of the road, the Corvette, uh, continued down to the next, uh, highway that went southbound. Mm -hmm. It had a really sharp curve. He ended up wrecking there. Um, he went off the road there and witnesses said that the Jeep Cherokee that started this whole thing, the two cars that were together at the beginning of the story, mm-hmm. that that person that was in that Jeep Cherokee had picked up the driver of the Corvette because the Corvette wrecked, mm-hmm. and then they drove off. Oh. So we never never caught them, don't know who they were. To this day, <laughs> I'd still like to have a chat with them <laughs> Yeah, about, I, well, about that day. But, yeah. you know, I went to the hospital, was off out of work well not out of work but not able to work for three months and sure um so uh, you know again it's kind of a weird near-death experience but so many things that had to come together to mm-hmm. i you know I, I i think about those kind of things often too i've had i've had a uh, a few incidences in my life where where it's kind of the same thing it's just that concert of variables is just in perfect synchronicity so that things went a certain way. I mean, it just, I really do believe in fate. I mean, it's, it's, it's not your time. It wasn't your time. So you were going to be uh, continuing in this journey. And uh, I think it's a beautiful example and, and maybe a reminder that, you know, we all got those angels on our shoulders and they're making sure that uh, things work out a certain way because they have to or they're supposed to. And so I, at least I hope that that's the case. Well, yeah. And, and that's, that's the way I've, it felt. And those, that feeling of, uh, something protecting me came over me. I still remember, 
when the ambulance got there and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they loaded, loaded me into it. And, um, I'd been a police officer long enough at that time. Cause when, when they left the scene, they left running code, which is running lights and sirens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, they only do that if things are bad, yeah. you know, they don't, you know, if you're just got, if they're just <laughs> taking you to the hospital for whatever, for a broken arm, right. they don't run lights and sirens. So I'm like, what are you guys not? not telling me, you know, I think they, maybe they did it just, you know, cause I was in pain and sure, you know, this, you know, how seriously I was hurt at the time. But at that, at that time I was like, you know, something else is, <laughs> this is more serious than I, than I thought it was. Yeah. So, you know, all those, and as I so I'm laying there, I'm thinking about my family, my, you know, my wife, all of those things. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's when it hit me that I'm lucky to be alive. I'm lucky to be taking a breath right now. And, yeah. You know, how many, I remember sitting there thinking, how lucky am I that this, that things went the way they did? Yeah. Well, absolutely. And, uh, and, and I'll just say a lot of, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of police officers out there that'll give you a story similar, not with what happened to me, but a similar experience where they've been in a tough situation. Mm-hmm. And something has, you know, made them take one step forward, and, you know, something doesn't hit them or whatever the situation means. There'll be a lot of police officers tell you that those things happen to them. Right. Yeah, man, that's a, that's some serious stuff you saw. And I'm, I'm so glad that you did make it through, man. That's incredible. Um, you know, I, I, I think that of all the, of all of the professions, I think, you know, certainly law enforcement officers are probably prone to see quite a bit of stuff that maybe the average person wouldn't but you know there's always always some amazing stories coming off of uh yeah i've got several friends that are law enforcement as well and i've heard some of their tales and it's like wow it it takes you know honestly it takes a special kind of person to put on the (laughs) put on the uniform and do it uh and so my hat's off to you first of all for even doing it but uh you know i just think about the fact that you know, you guys run willingly into places where everyone else is running away from, you know, and that's a, right. that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It takes, you know, there's a lot of good people out there who do some incredibly brave things. Yeah. yeah. You're, you said, you said it best where other people run away, we run towards. Yeah. <laughs> so have you, have you heard some stories like that? Uh, anything from the field, from people you, that, uh, you know, are in the, in the field, any paranormal well, ones? Uh, the only other one that this is a very short story, but sure. The only other one, um, that I have direct knowledge of was, um, a friend, um, uh, we, I was doing a report and he came in, um, to do the report as well. And, um, at that, at our department at that time, you would, uh, you would dictate it to somebody and they would type and uh, type the report down. So I'm sitting there doing mine, and I hear him telling telling his. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I asked him about it later, and he said that there was a gentleman. Um, he was in a truck. There were three people in this truck. They were driving down the highway, and apparently, I'm not sure if it was that day or uh, that within the last couple of days, he'd had some type of surgery, a fairly um, – a fairly big surgery mm. and um, that that had some, you know, some life consequences to it. Well, they're driving down the highway and um, he says that 
or they said that he started talking to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and, he, and he's saying things to he's not talking to them that are in the car. He's saying things to whoever he's talking to. He's like, uh, you know, look, no, I'm, I'm not ready to go. I don't want to go. I'm not, you know, not now. Please don't take me, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. And they're sitting there watching him. And as he's saying these things, he he passes away oh and very quickly. And I mean, there was nothing that that could be done for him. But they and they said that, you know, he was clearly talking to somebody that he could see and was telling them. I don't want to go. Wow. That's really, really powerful stuff. Hold on just a second. Yeah. I think stories like that are incredible because I think that they, they constantly remind us that we're not alone, you know, that there is a, again, there's a plan. And, and, you know, when you hear about that now, I find that story absolutely fascinating. And those kind of stories come up once in a great while. Um, I was telling you earlier that, uh, you know, I had heard, that and this is only word you know word of mouth i can't i can't verify it i can't tell you this is the god's honest truth but what i had heard is that sam kinnison the comedian had a very similar incident when he passed the story wow. was is that he was like no no i'm i, I don't want to go now no i don't want to i don't want to go i don't want to and he's like oh okay and boom fell dead and so it's really wild that that happens because Whatever's going on for those people seems to be they got a foot in both worlds at that point, and they're experiencing right. both things really, really powerfully. So they they're 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 into that moment, and and I think that that is it, it's kind of beautiful, it's kind of haunting, and it's kind of sad. But I don't know, it, it's got a whole flurry of emotions when I hear stories like that, you know. Well, I, I think I think that's a way you just said it. This is a great way to put it—a foot in both worlds. Mm. And it's, you know, it, to me, it sounds like somebody is obviously speaking to them and is beckoning them yeah. to come that direction, which you hope is a good a good direction to go. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that they're clearly being drawn somewhere or being told, yeah. you, you know, it's time to go. Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess when I think about it, you know, we all got that, that number, we all have that date and the calendar's always clicking, but you know, it's kind of comforting to know that somebody might be there to go, Hey, you know, come on, it's time to go. And it'll be, you know, maybe a loved one, maybe an angel, maybe something, but you know, here's the open, but I, I love those stories because they, they just, they really do speak to the, to the continuation of, of us. And I think that that's beautiful because, you know, there's, it's not that I don't believe that myself. I've always believed that, but, uh, it's hard to sometimes convince other people that, you know, Hey, this is a, this is a real thing. The life continues. And when you hear stories like that, it's like, yeah, life continues. (laughs) Right. I don't know. There's something something there. Yeah. It's an affirmation, right? So it's somebody's uh, able to observe somebody making that transition. And again, it's sad. Of course, anybody that, you know, leaves the world, they've got people that love them and that are going to have a lot to deal with, but at least, you know, I, I don't know. It just sounds like it sounds pretty beautiful to me. No, I, I would agree with you. And, you know, as you said, you everybody's got a date. I hope yeah. that you know when my time comes that <laughs> it's someone that uh, is leading me to a good place. Amen, brother. Amen. But 
I tell you what, John, this has been a great journey and, and thank you so much for coming on and, and being a part of the show and, and sharing your contribution to it and putting that into our, you know, into our history of the paranormal portal. It's, it's been a lot of fun and it's been really interesting and I, I really can't thank you enough. Well, no, I, I, I thank you for the opportunity as well. And, um, it, like I said, it, it, uh, it was an internal battle about whether to share some of these stories, but uh, I'm glad I did. And um, I thank you again for the chance to, to have done this. Oh, my pleasure, man. And if you remember any more, if you experience any more, please let me know. We'll have you back on. Well, that sounds great. I appreciate it. All right. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. We got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the paranormal portal. So I hope you'll check it check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com/slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good. Be kind. Be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. <laughs>